Blessed one, welcome to Inspiring Word, a life-transforming encounter with the Word of God with Bishop Steve Asari. Bishop Steve Asari is the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, the Way Cathedral. Lighthouse Chapel International is part of the United Denomination, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Steve has a unique teaching gift and ministers powerfully under the anointing. Join us now on Inspiring Word with Bishop Steve O. Asari. Hallelujah. We thank you, dear Lord, for your mercy upon our lives. Thank you for gathering us in this place. Forgive us our sins. Wash us in the blood. And let your will be done in our lives. Revive us. Renew our love. Renew our commitment. Renew our knowledge. Renew our spirit. Renew our strength. And let your very perfect will be established in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me share shortly with you on seven great principles of salvation. What are we trying to achieve? We are trying to achieve a better understanding of salvation. What does it mean when we talk about salvation or when we say that you are saved? How many here are saved? Okay. Let me see it again. How many are saved? Some who are not sure. Doesn't matter. What does it mean when we say that you are saved? Because we use terms, jargons, words, and um, things that if you are asked to explain what you mean by what you are saying, you find out that you don't know what it is. But I pray that you give some attention to get some additional insight, knowledge, and understanding about the most important um, attribute of your life, which is salvation. Perhaps it's the most important word you need to understand or the most important thing that you need to grasp because that is what makes you what you say you are. If somebody is a Christian, we say that the person is saved. What does it mean? Where does it take you? And what difference does it make in your life? Hebrews 2, 3, the Bible says that how shall we escape? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. How many have a Bible? Lift your Bible and let me see. Not your hand, your Bible. Yes. You always have to carry a Bible to church if you are saved. If you come to church without Bible, it's a sign that you are not saved. I know you don't agree, but I don't mind about that. But it's a good sign that you are not saved. That's why you don't have a Bible. 
He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Salvation is a great thing, and I'll say that, I mean, salvation is the greatest thing because it is the door opener. It is the door that you pass through to have anything in God, to achieve anything in God, to do anything for God, for your life to be meaningful, even in this life, and whatever it is, it starts with the step of salvation. And he said, how shall we escape if we neglect this great thing? People are not sure whether they are saved or not, but they are looking for miracles. Yeah, so miracles must happen. But when we talk about salvation, you don't even know whether you have passed through the door of salvation or not. How shall you escape? How will you have any other thing? How would you break through in any way if you neglect the great subject of salvation, which is the first step and the doorway to everything else in our lives? That's the doorway. Mm. Are you still here? So there's a great door of salvation and we can't escape. Now, there are seven principles. Number one is, man is a spirit, comma, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. A proud person in the church right now is saying that this thing, I've heard it before. You can switch off and go home. I heard it clear, and I know where it comes from. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, the Bible says that, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your, I, the very God of peace sanctify you holy. The very God of peace sanctify you holy. And wholeness as far as you are concerned. When he said that something has touched you holy, or has affected you wholly, or has been ministered or administered to you wholly, it involves three things or three areas. And that is what is still explained, which is what is explained in the same verse. And I pray that your whole spirit, so number one is your spirit, number two is your soul, and number three is your body. Your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So that's why we have the principle, man is a spirit. And he has a soul. And he lives inside a body. Man is a spirit. Say it with me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He lives in a body. So the, the principal thing about you is that you are a spirit. And what you have to note immediately is that you are not a body. The body is not you. You live in it. That is why you leave it behind. Every day you go for a funeral, the person that they said is dead, it's not the one lying there. That person is gone somewhere and has left their body behind. Yesterday I was at a funeral at Nkasim. Do you know Nkasim? Yes, you'll be there. You'll be there. You'll be a missionary there. <laughs> it's somewhere around Gosso. Yes. And there were many funerals in town yesterday because I don't know why. Somebody has left their body behind and they are gone. And the people who are also around with the body, they are doing all kinds of things that they can do to the body, including keeping it in a cool place and then wearing it dresses and different kinds of dresses and so on. Um, sometimes they do wakeeping and they change the outfit of the body many times in the night. Is that not so? Because the person is a great person and a rich person. One time I was driving in Domi some years back and uh, there were people. I knew something was happening. It was a funeral. And when I looked to my left this way, this was the dead body standing there and how was it dressed? Maybe wearing suit or something, but standing. Standing dead body. I'd never seen some before. Yes. Standing. You know? So whatever it is, the point I'm making is that as for you, you are gone. There are places that when you die, they put you there and they say, Oh Lord, uh, forgive him his sins. And accept him in heaven now. And let him enter into heaven. At and right now, you have been in the mortuary for three months already. As for heaven or hell, you reached long ago. So the prayer they are praying over your body, the body is going to the ground. That's all of it. Bible says that and the spirit will return unto God. Who gave it? And the body will, get, will go to the ground from whence it came. So this body, it is meant for the ground. Are you there? So you are a spirit. That's the key thing. Um, you, are a live, you are a spirit living inside a physical body. And it is the truth that you have to know. Do you get it? So you are not just a piece of meat. Because the body is what? Is it not meat? It's meat. Only we don't eat it. But it's real meat. 
just like any other meat. But that's not you. You are a spirit. And you have to know that one day, the person inside will return to God. Hebrews 12, 9. Put projected for me, Hebrews 12, 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we give them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? That the last part of the scripture is what I want you to take note of. Shall we not rather mm-hmm, be in subjection unto the father of spirits? Father of what? So what is God? Is he father of the flesh? He's father of what? Spirit. God is father of spirit. He's father of your spirit. If you say God is your father, then it means that your spirit relates with God as a son will relate to a father. And it has nothing to do with the body. God is not the father of the body. He is the father of spirit. He is the father of your spirit. And that's why your spirit man must be in tune with his father. So if the spirit man is cut away from the father, then there's no relationship between you and your father. Because God is the father of spirit. The normal scripture that we know is what happened to the rich man and Lazarus. Do you remember that scripture? He said that um, in Hebrews, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 16, we read that um, um, passage from, I think, verse 15, that there was a rich man and there was also a poor man um, called Lazarus. And he said that, and it came to pass, the Lazarus was a poor man lying at the uh, gate of the um, rich man, and he was full of sores, and the um, dogs would come and dress his wounds for him because he couldn't go to the hospital. So they would use their tongue and then them to dress his wounds for him. And it comes to pass that the poor man died. And when the poor man died, or the beggar died, what happened to him? In verse 22, the Bible says that, and he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. So he, who is that? Who is that? Lazarus was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. Then the question is, does it mean that he didn't have anybody left behind? There was no wakekeeping for him? There was no funeral for him? Maybe there was nobody to do wakekeeping. His body was not found because his body was carried? No. It is not his body that was carried by angels. It is his spirit 
that was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom, not the body, because his body was still there. I mean, if you're a poor man and you died, some time ago we used to have my, uh, what, 11 cemetery. If you are poor and there's nobody to bury you, they take you there. Now, I don't know what happens to unclaimed bodies because that whole place has been built up. When you are building your house and you are digging the foundation, you see somebody under you. Yes. All the houses in that area, they have bodies under. Next time you go and sleep there, be careful. So whatever it is, he left. But his body was still left behind. But Bible says that he was, he, he, not, he didn't even say his spirit was carried. He, who is the he? Lazarus. And he's there for what? A spirit. And let me say it again, the day you decide to die, make sure you see an angel. Because I remember I read this about a certain person who died um, at a crusade. It was a bonky crusade many years ago, and he came back to life. And the story he gave was that when he was in the ambulance and they were going, then two angels entered the ambulance. So that made him know that he was dead. So make sure on your way out, who do you have to see? If you are going out and you see your car. Or some other thing, make sure you see. If you don't see an angel, what do you do? Try hard and come back and start the journey again till you see an angel because angels came to carry him and you have to see angels on your way out, then you are sure that you are going to a good place. It's good advice, isn't it? Yes. So, angels came and carried him, the man. So, the body that was there. And then after that, he said, and the rich man also died. And he was buried. They have a grand funeral. I think he was the one who was changing clothes in the night. Yes. With people traveled from everywhere and come and uh, what? All kinds of music and food and everything. The funeral went yesterday. They made announcement that Lord, there's food here. Those who came go and eat. But when you are going, they will give you some food to take away. That one is rice, jollof, or something. So when you go to this place, there's fufu and banku, and eat those ones so that the jollof will be your takeaway. <laughs> I said, wow. If you don't have food to eat in your house on Saturday, what do you do? Find a funeral where they are sharing food. And go and sit there, you'll be okay. <laughs> Your lunch will be sorted out for you. You know, but 
he died and he was buried. That means they had a nice funeral. His body was lying there for the funeral and everybody saw him. And in hell, hmm, look at verse 22. Okay? 22 is what I read. Okay. Verse 22. And in hell, he, verse 23, he lifts up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So he had eyes that he could lift up like this. But when he was lying there at the funeral, do you think he ever lifted up his eyes and looked up? If you have fallen past a dead body and he lifts his eyes to look at you, what would you do? You run where? You get down and chase you if you start running. So, make sure you are at peace with everybody. Because if you are loggerhead to somebody, when you are at peace with everybody, I will try that one. Yes, if you come and I know that you have been some way to me. At least, if I'm not able to lift it up, I'll open it. Yes. To register my protest at your crocodile tears. <laughs> no easy. He lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. He could see Lazarus there and identify Lazarus. Which means that he was in a kind of shape that identified him as he was on the earth. I don't know how it is. I've not been there. But when you see, you can see. That's why you need to reach out to people and witness to people. Because you can see your brother in hell. Do you know that? Maybe you are in heaven. This, this, this guy was in hell and he saw somebody in heaven. It's also true that if you are in heaven, you can see wherever it is, it's easy to see. You'll be there and you see your sister frying and burning in hell, your friend. That's why we need to do, uh, how do we call it? Good Samaritan. Are you a good Samaritan? See your neighbor's face and see whether they are a good Samaritan. Is that a good Samaritan? Good Samaritan evangelism season. That's where we are. That's what we are doing because you want to be good to somebody that the person does not arrive in hell. I said you may be in heaven, but when you lift your eyes and you see the person or you look down, this man was in hell and he lifted his eyes. So if you are in heaven, you will look down and then you see somebody you know and somebody you love in the fire. That's what we have to do Good Samaritan evangelism. And he cried. That means he had a mouth. Is that not so? And he had a voice and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. Lazarus was in a form that he could walk, he could run, he could move, he was sendable. That he may dip his finger, the tip of his finger in water. I just noticed this one this morning or last night that it is, I, I always say that dip his finger in water. Then I noticed that it's not his finger, it's just the tip. 
Like just here, what water can this one carry? Even if you put the whole finger, then this. Uh -huh. So it, is, it shows you the kind of suffering and the kind of frustration that is present in hell. Said that somebody, the tip of somebody's finger you think is capable of cooling you down. Oh, the situation must be dire. Terrible. Yes. Never go to hell. Even if you are invited there for an excursion, say, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because if you go in there after walking around, you are supposed to go out, then they have locked the door, and Satan says that he can't find the key. I don't know what happens to you there. So me, I've said, there are people, I've read about people who have gone to hell and come and so away. I want to go to heaven and come. Because in case there's some technical fault and you are not able to come out, a place where the tip of somebody's finger can, you think, can carry water. It's like a dead, a drowning person who is clutching onto a thread on top of the water. Anything that is there, you want to hold on to it. It's a very desperate situation. Tell your neighbor, I don't want to meet you in hell. What did you tell your neighbor? What does it mean? That you will be there, so you are advising him that he shouldn't come and meet you over there. Well, it's just, I'm just interpreting what you said. That meet you there means I'll be there. Yeah, but I will not be there anyway. Yes. So, the point is that the different parts of the body have been mentioned. The picture of a man is being painted. This is interesting because the Bible describes the spirit of man as the hidden man, the inward man. Um, in Hebrews chapter 4, and uh, verse 24, we have that scripture there. It talks about the hidden man. Hidden man. So as you are walking around and we can see you physically and literally around, there is another you which is the hidden man. And that is the man who comes out at the end. So when this man retires... Over here, then that man comes out. And that's your spirit. You are a spirit. I said you are a spirit. You are a spirit. So let's, what, what, what am I trying to say about this? We must pay attention to our, to yourself. Bible says that take heed unto yourself. Take heed to yourself. And I know you take it to yourself by paying so much attention to your body. Is that not so? Make your hair very nice. Like the lady who was singing here. When she came and I saw her, I said, hey, what is this one too? Some is looking here and some is looking there. It's okay, but what about the spirit? You woke up this morning, many of you, you had your bath before coming. True or not true? 
I can't say that for everybody, but I can say for sure that many of you, you had your bath before coming. You paid attention to the body and gave attention to your body. But did you give any attention to your spirit this morning? Did you pray any prayer for even five minutes? Did you even remember that as I wake up, prayer is important before I go to church? But you know that bathing the body is important. But not prayer that is keeping uh, your, your spirit man well kept, alive, strong, and in communication with the Father. Yeah. If you follow your body, I always say this thing that one day, this body is just going to lie down and say that I'm tired, I can't go in anymore. And then your, your spirit has no choice but to move out. You put the body in a mortuary, very cool. But then if your spirit is already in hell, you are burning there. But your body, which has led you into all the fornication and the drinking and the uh, fighting and the quarreling and the, all the things that you have done here, which is taking you to hell, the body which led you into all those things is lying down in a cool mug. And you are frying in hell. Yeah. So give attention to your spirit. Build up your spirit man because you are a spirit. Hebrews 4.12. He said, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing even, um, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. So there's also a thin line between soul and spirit. There's a thin line between soul and spirit. There's a difference. The spirit and Bible says that God made man from the dust of the earth, and he breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the breath of God is the spirit that entered into the clay, and then that thing came alive. Your soul is your intellect. Your soul is where your emotions are. Your soul the realm of the soul is where you have your thoughts and the things that relate you to this earth. Are you with me? When you are spirit, you relate to heaven because that's where the spiritual things are. But you are walking on earth and you have to relate to the things on the earth. So then you have a soul. And the soul gives you what you need to relate to the things that are on the earth. Because the body is the physical thing that is moving around. So the soul is the intermediary, if you like, between the spirit and the body, therefore the earth. Now, in the Bible, there are many ways that the Bible used to describe the actions of the soul. And it said that the soul can... Uh, be rejoicing in Psalm 31 verse 7 he talks about a rejoicing soul let my soul rejoice 
So if you are rejoicing, it may be something, it, it's something that comes from your emotions, from the soul area. And he said that the soul can magnify and bless the Lord. You remember what you say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So your soul blesses God. Your soul can praise. Your soul can worship. Your soul can relate in that way. And another thing that the soul is, he said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Psalm 42 verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Have you been downcast before? Have you been downcast? Downcast means that you are down. You are low. I don't know how to explain it. Don't you understand? So why do you want me to explain it again? Depressed, sad, melancholy. Yes. Have you felt that way before? Sometimes you don't know what it is, but you just feel down. How many have felt that way before? Yes. If you are the person who is always happy outside, you have a high risk or even a higher risk of this kind of feeling. Because they go happy outside. Hey, 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 hey. When they enter in by themselves, then they are different. If you're a lady and you see a young man who is always happy around, say, nice sanguine, I want somebody who will make me a, a happy person, and I like this sanguine, you're not going to have it in the home. You, you'll be disappointed that when you go out, he's the toast of every party and everyone. Making people laugh and happy. When you enter the home, then his manness will come and he's cool. So why are you downcast? And he didn't say, my, oh, my spirit, but my soul. What makes me alive to this world has received some message or some event or some happiness from the earth around and the world around, and therefore you are down. So when you are down, usually... It is how things around you are relating to your spirit. That's the real you. Then you are down. The another thing about the soul is that um, the soul can be discouraged. Numbers 21.4. And the soul can be joyful. Psalm 35 verse 9. I have to go through all these things very fast, but it's a book you can read. Yeah, that's the soul. So, the soul lives on. In Mark 8.36, it said, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So, you don't have to lose your soul. So, the soul does not get back left behind with the body. Now, the scripture I read in Hebrews 4.12, that is what gives us the difference. It said that uh, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edges of piercing is into the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So it makes a difference between um, the two. Are you there? 
So what am I saying? What I'm saying is that pay attention to your spirit man. When you go to school and you learn psychology or you learn mathematics, you are building up your soul. The knowledge you have is knowledge. It's like you are building up the soulish part of your life because it's not your body that is learning math. And it's not your spirit. It is in the realm of the soul. Your intellect, your knowledge, your understanding, your everything. So we develop the soul as well by our readiness to learn. As you learn, as you pick up things, as you read, as you go to school, as all the things, the advices you receive, you are developing your soul. You are developing your soul. One of the reasons why you come to church and when they preach, you forget easily is that the thing just arrived in your soul. It entered the ear, that's the body, and then arrived in the soul area, but it didn't enter your spirit. It will enter your spirit when you meditate on it. Yes. When you meditate on it, it enters your spirit and it stays there. Those who say that I learn scriptures, but when I learn the scriptures, I forget. It only entered the soul area, but it didn't enter into your spirit because the word of God is quick and active. It's alive. And it must relate with your spirit that is also alive. Then it becomes alive in you and it works in you. Those of you who fail mathematics, you get a D7 in mass. The thing even hardly entered your soul. It just went into the ear. It was about to touch the soul. No, and it went out again. Then you get D7. So you hear it. Like the principle of the, 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 the sower. He says, oh, the seed fell by the wayside. And what happened to it? The birds came and then they took the seed off and that was it. Number two, principle number two. I'll try. The heart of the unsaved man, no, the heart is deceitful. Sorry, the spirit of the unsaved man is dead and desperately wicked. Do you have that one? Number two is what? The spirit of the unsaved man is dead and is desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17, 9. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says that the heart, that is the unsaved spirit, is deceitful. The word there is deceitful. Above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? When a person is not born again, he has what is called an unsaved spirit. Hmm. He's also called a sinner by the Bible. The word of God makes it clear that anyone who is not a believer has an unregenerate spirit and is capable of many evil things. 
the fact that an unsaved man is in a terrible spiritual condition is made abundantly clear in Romans chapter 1. When you go read Romans chapter 1, and you find many things over there that shows you the state of the unsaved person. So those of you, your best friends are unbelievers. And somebody is listening to me, you are even planning or considering marrying an unbeliever. You are about to be joined to a deceitful person. Somebody who deceived you already has deceived you. With his smooth words. Raps. Which are lies. And sometimes you don't like the Christian brothers because they don't have the kind of sweet raps you are looking for. Yeah. You want somebody who will tell you lies. I will never forget the answer somebody gave me. A lady, I said, but all these things they are telling you, what they tell you, don't you know that they are not true? So, I know that they are not true, but it's nice to hear. <laughs> but Christian brothers, so, yeah, yeah, real. Yeah, spiritual. What it is, is what it is. I mean, I will not promise that I'll buy an aeroplane for you. Because I know somebody, a girl standing and then the plane flew by. He said, look, you see this plane there? I'm going to buy one for you and you'll be flying all over the way. Then he said, whoosh. So I know it's not true, but it's nice to hear. You just want to hear it. It's deception. So many of you, an unbeliever has deceived you before. True or not true? I said true or not true? And sometimes they also find themselves dead. And they come and deceive people in the church. If you are a man, a young man, you have come to church because you have seen nice girls in the church. Something bad will happen to you, you don't know. If that's the reason, you better change your mind and get converted today. Otherwise, something bad is waiting for you. I'm telling you. Yes. And the girls who bring an unbeliever boy say, look, as we are going, when the man finishes preaching, he will say that if you want to receive Christ, come forth. Make sure you go. You should make sure. When they say lift your hand, just lift your hand like that. And make sure the pastor sees you. Because after that, I'll go and introduce you to the pastor. Then he knows that you are the one who was born again. It's up to you. Wickedness. And the, the, the Bible says that we are of God and the whole world lies in wickedness. So if that's what you want to follow, you are following deception and extreme wickedness. Look, if you don't understand wickedness, it's sometimes when there's a problem, like years back when we had this war in Liberia and things like then you can understand the wickedness of man. That even at this time, you go there and there are many people with their hands chopped off like this. You remember, do you want short sleeve or long sleeve? If you want long sleeve, they cut here. 
If you want short sleeve, then they catch here. So people are walking around without arms and so on because of somebody's wickedness and people's wickedness. And as for man, he's wicked by nature. That's why, well, these days you don't have it a lot, but in our time, when you go to secondary school, you experience wickedness. What seniors will do to you. Yes. And then you see this, if this person has real power and he's manifesting it, it is not going to be easy. So that is the nature of man. Why? Because in Romans chapter 1, if you read from verse 18, not much will I read. He said that for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Continue reading. I'll read it very fast. Roll it. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. But for the invisible things, which are verse 21, understood in all things, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Who is that? Your last warning. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Continue. And changed the glory of the, corrupt, the, uncorrupt, the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts, and so on. Verse 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the last of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Is that not how unbelievers are? The reason why they can do all kinds of evil things is that God has given them up. It's like, now I'm not with you again. Do anything you want to do. That's the position of God to unbelievers. Do whatever you want to do. And we are piling up Evil upon evil upon evil because that is the nature of man, but that is not the nature of God. God's nature is not like that. God gave them up. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Continue. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. It's coming. And likewise also, the men, leaving the natural use of their women, bend in their last one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. Do you, can you understand this scripture? You can understand this. What are we talking about? What we call homosexual something today. 
It had been written about in the after all, it was in Sodom and Gomorrah from Genesis. So it's not a new thing. But it is the result of man's wickedness and unwillingness to follow God. I'm telling you that if you follow an unbeliever, a person who is not saved, this is what you are following. Wickedness. Because God has given up on them and then they are doing whatever seems right to their body and to their mind. And that thing is, it is in every person, even if you are a Christian, the tendency is there. But thank God for the Holy Spirit who has been given in earnest into us. So then when your body is moving you into this wicked thing and your soul is trying to agree. See, when you are thinking of whether to go and sleep with the boy or not, no, it doesn't matter. Oh, just once. It's okay. Do you think it's your spirit that is debating? No, no, it's your soul agreeing with your body. Your soul is trying to agree with your body. Only once, it doesn't matter. Oh, just do this and nobody will see you. It's your soul. So this is what God, God gave them up. And then every vile affection, every form of wickedness is there. So I'm telling you that if you are in any form of contract relationship and any lien with an unbeliever, you are giving yourself to wickedness. And you'll be shocked about what man can do. Yeah. If you have lived in the world for some time, at least you know a few things. If you read a few things, you know wars that have fought wickedness of dictators and, you know, things that have been done around and so on. Those of you who watch movies, you can understand it's a movie, but it's also showing how the mind of a human being is wickedness. Women can also be very wicked. A poor girl comes to stay with you and you are the madam. Right now, we don't know who you are. But the day you become the madam and you start manifesting, yes. The young man says, I want to marry you. You are just very nice. Oh, James, let's go. Oh, James, I'm waiting for you, James. But we marry the day they marry you, finish. And he said, I'll cut. Hey, didn't you say that it's 10 o'clock we are going? Why are you now coming? Hey, look, me, I don't, I don't like this nonsense. Then the real you is coming. So the real people come out when they have authority and when they have power, then we see what they can do. An unbeliever is what? The spirit of an unsaved man is what? Is dead and is what? Desperately wicked. Hmm. So, Romans 1, I'm still reading, but verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Then he begins to mention the things. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God. These are the things in an unbeliever. So if you are in the church and these things are in you, (laughs) 
don't want to say you are non-believer. I say what you are. Haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Eh? Inventors of what? Evil things. Both evil ideas and evil things they can invent. Eh? Disobedient to parents. Is there anybody here like that? I know the person is not in church. But you are sitting here, disobedient. Even yesterday, look at what you did to your mother. Disobedient to parents. Without understanding. They advise you, they talk to you. You can never understand it. It is a sign of the person who is desperately wicked. Covenant breakers. Those who said, I will, and they don't. Mm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those who say till death do us part and they don't wait for death to come and they part. Is that not what you said? Till death do us part. Has death come? So why are you planning to part? Covenant, your friend, no. Covenant breakers. Those who tell Mary, I'll marry you, then when they find Cecilia, they leave Mary and go and follow Cecilia. Covenant breakers. Wicked people. Because you have found Cecilia, so now it's like, you are, you, are, you are just trying to bring up charges against Mary. That you are this and the other time you did this and two years ago you did and they said that Ninina and you're useless and you're fool. Only you have found a new person. That's all. Covenant breakers. And those who said they'll marry James. I, the girls are clapping. Eh? Don't mind them. It's like only the boys are bad. And then when they met Ernest, who is richer, he had a car. James didn't have a car. He only had tongues. I'm praying for you. Eh? Don't worry. Everything will be okay one day. And then Ernest come driving a car, air conditioned. They said, that, look, this is your seat. Sit down and let's go. And then you begin to question. The next time you are disappointing James, covenant breaker. Yes. Without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, and so on. It's beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. Now, what are we, why are we learning? We are learning this so we can understand what it is. So, sister, when the unbeliever wins your heart, you must remember and know where you are going. Yes. I don't have somebody I make an one here say. I think the girls here are looking at me strangely like this. It's strange, eh? I said when an unbeliever wins your heart, which is your soul, not your spirit, again, 
because your soul would relate with all the nice things that the person is saying and the shirt that he has gone to borrow to wear and come and show to you that he has nice shirt and the way he drove in somebody's car and came to greet you at the place and the, the smooth words they all relate to your soulish realm and then you see that yeah this is the type I like you are just about confirming your ticket into hell on earth if that's what you like we will come with tongues and word and truth and if you are a believer boy don't go and learn any raps just say the right things that's all if they are wise they will hear if they are not wise leave them Yenko Suyan raps. Near me come what is not true. To, 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 how do they say? What is the English? Woo you or to. What is the expression? Muko in school. Okay. Stand. You won't give me the English expression, so we should go home. Stand, please. This morning, if you didn't get anything at all, remember your spirit. It's important. Is it um, Ecclesiastes one twenty one? Is that the scripture? The spirit will return to God. One twenty one, please, or one seven, or one seven. Uh, let's let me find that scripture and give you. The the spirit will return to God who gave it, and the flesh to the earth where it came from. Wow. You don't know that scripture? 12.7. Yes, 12.7. Very good. Then shall the dust return to the earth. Do you, have you heard dust to dust? Yes. So you, this your thing. Would the church own a dust? Oh, yeah. Your beauty is called what? Dust. I'm not saying it's not important. I know you are very beautiful, but I'm just showing you the description of everything in the Bible. How many like dust? <laughs> Especially here. Everything, the, you say your, the shape of your nose is like a white girl. It's dust. Your breast is like something. Somebody, you see, somebody was trying to marry a girl. And he said, you are very lucky. You don't know the kind of breast I have. You are very lucky. They said, which one too is that? Is dust is what? Young men is what? Dust. Yeah. I remember when this man, this young man was telling me these things. I told him that, brother, 
you have trouble where you are going. There is trouble. No, 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 no. This one was somebody who had been with the person before. And another good friend of mine had seen the same person. Maybe because of the shape of things she's seen easily. And he was seriously after that. I had traveled. I was somewhere. I called him on phone. That's where I was. Is where I got the information. I said, brother, where you are going, be careful of the dust. So shall the dust return to the earth as it was. And the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So we are preaching to people because we know that this is their state. And if they are not born again, they will remain wicked and go to hell. How many want your brother to go to hell? Your friends to go to hell? I said you will see them and you will be very sad that you didn't help them. And you yourself must develop yourself Develop yourself in the spirit. Develop yourself in the spirit. Develop the spirit man. I'm not saying don't bath. Bath, put cream, paint your lips, paint your eyes, paint your nose, paint your ears, anything that needs to be painted. But if you paint all these things without touching the spirit, you are completely lost. Father, have mercy on us. Forgive us our sins. Let our spirit man come alive. He is the father of spirit. Let the, the son, the spirit in us relate with the father of spirit. Rise up high unto the presence of the spirit. Speaking, talking, receiving direction, receiving instruction and living for the one who gave that spirit. Thank you. Whoever is dead in their spirit and in desperation of wickedness, let life come today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now close your eyes. You are here. You are not born again. You have to give your life to Jesus today now. I don't know what will happen today, but today I'm here, uh, tomorrow, but today I'm here with you. If you give your life to Jesus, your name will be written in the book of life. You will not go to hell, you will go to heaven. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm preaching. Close your eyes. Anybody who says, Pastor, pray for me, I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand like this. You want to give your life to Jesus, you want to be born again. If you are here, lift up your right hand. Up high. Up high. God bless you. I'm going to pray a special prayer for you. Don't look at anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Just you and God. It's between you and God. Father, every hand that is lifted up, let the heart, the soul of such a one be recognized in heaven today. In Jesus' name. Pray this prayer with me. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Say it loud. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I receive Jesus today as my Lord as my savior 
Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Change my life. Write my name in the book of life. From today, I will serve Jesus. I will worship Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. Amen. God bless you for listening. We invite you to join us this Sunday. Our Doxa service is at 7.45 a.m. and Victory service at 10 a.m. Our Victory prayer service is on Saturdays at 6 a.m. Like and subscribe to Bishop Steve Asari-DHMM on Facebook and YouTube and Lighthouse Chapel International-HQ. May God bless you and protect you. Angels cry, singing home.